Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. Today we uh, have a really interesting topic. I say that every time, but they're all interesting. So That's, Yeah, exactly. uh, we're, we're not going to choose boring topics. <laughs> though, huh? We're going to be talking about gladiators. Uh, we're going to kind of go through some uh, some history of the gladiators. We're going to talk about uh, maybe some facts that you didn't know about gladiators. Um, and then tell some really cool, interesting stories about gladiators from in the arena, in the Coliseum, to uh, the gladiator rebellions. That's right. Let's do it. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket. We will not go quietly into the night. They tell me you're a man with true grit. I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done. Okay, so when I was researching the gladiators, uh, there's so much interesting stuff and so many aspects to this. I mean, you think about the Roman Empire lasted thousands of years and, you know, they, they did all kinds of stuff. And, and, and in some cases, they would have these festivals that would last hundreds of days where they would just have games all the time. Uh, but one of, one of the places I was looking about where this started, where it all started, uh, th- it's kind of started with uh, uh, Aemilius Pallas. Uh, who was in, in 60, 167 BC, uh, he had um, sentenced some army deserters to death uh, in a pretty grotesque fashion. Uh, and then what it was is they called it uh, damnotio ad bestis, uh, which was the act of sentencing someone to death by animal in the arena. Uh, they had no protection. Basically, they were just vulnerable to die. Uh, in, in some of the cases, or there were basically ex- executions. Um, so this was kind of where the first started. And now he ordered, these were a couple of people who deserted, and he ordered their heads to be crushed by elephants. Uh, as it turns out, the Romans were, absolutely loved it. Uh, and that became like a routine. Like the Roman people could actually go to the Colosseum every morning and see animal executions as an appetizer before the gladiator fights. That's really interesting that like people loved it so much that, I mean, I guess today we have, I mean, we have sports that are like boxing or MMA or like that one where like the Russian people slap each other. Oh yeah. I've seen that one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But but they're not like, like nobody dies. Yeah. Well, it's much more, much more barbaric society, you know? And like, there's a, there's a kind of a painting of this and it shows these like, like a guy with no shirt on. And he's, he's got he's kind of hunched over and he's got his head right on a um, like a big stone block. So he's like on his knees and he's hunched over on a stone block. And there's like a you know like an Arabian guy there. He's got a turban on. He's like controlling the uh, the elephant. You know because these elephants come from the far flung places of the empire. And the elephant just puts his foot up and goes and it's like smashing his head. I was oh, like, oh my geez. gosh, that'd be so brutal to yeah. Well, to especially see that. to see that, but to see it over and over again and like thrive off of it. Yeah, I found a cool quote about um, just the arena and the gladiators and kind of the magic of that uh, and what it meant to the Romans. Uh, It says, To spectators, the stadium was a microcosm of the empire, and its games a reenactment of their foundation myths. Uh, 
the killed wild animals symbolized how Rome had conquered wild, far-flung lands and subjugated nature itself. The executions dramatized uh, the remorseless force of justice that annihilated enemies of the state. The gladiator embodied the cardinal Roman qualities of virtues or manliness, whether a victor or a vanquished awaiting the death blow with stoic dignity. We know that it was horrible, says uh, Mary Beard, a classical historian at Cambridge University, but at the same time, people were watching myth reenacted in a way that was vivid in your face and terribly affecting. This was theater, cinema, illusion, and reality all bound in one. I guess it's kind of like, you know, we watch movies where people die and get killed in gruesome ways or whatever all the time, right? I mean, war films and stuff like that. I guess that doesn't really bother us as much. And these are supposedly criminals, you know, people who are yeah. deserters or they aren't noble. They don't have, they don't uphold the Roman ideals. And so, yeah, I guess for them it was kind of like, it was, it was also a big distraction too because the government was totally <laughs> yeah, and taken over. Probably kind of a crappy time to live, especially with, I mean, all kinds of disease and everything else. I mean, well, I would say that I would, uh, I don't know. I'm not, for certain people, probably for, for some people, it was, lower, it was a great time to live. Levels. You know, the Rome, uh, they, I mean, it was the biggest empire. Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say exactly, but you know, how, how do you define the biggest empire? Is it by land? Is it by, you know, technology or is it by, you know, subjugation? But, uh, they were, I, for some people, it was a very great time to be alive, and you, and uh, it was the greatest country in the world at the time. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they probably said, "Yeah." So uh, that was kind of that was kind of crazy. But let's talk about gladiators themselves. And I know you and I kind of uh, picked some different things. We've done some research here. Uh, one of the first thing I I saw that was interesting is that these gladiators were like the sex symbols of their days. They were the rock stars, and so much so that. They would do uh, endorsements for products. Uh, they would even sell like women's hair, like jewelry and hairpins that were dipped in gladiator blood. Uh, and even some of them would mix gladiator sweat with like cosmetics, uh, facial creams. Exactly. It was considered an aphrodisiac, like cosmetics and, and creams. It's like, man. It's like, imagine if I was so sweaty, my wife just you know, got it and she put it in her face, her face cream and she's like, oh, this is an aphrodisiac for me. It's like that. It's like, really? <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting. He's like, man, my, my facial cream really stinks. I don't know why. He's like, uh, who knows? <laughs> it's just the, yeah. It smells like the, a locker room. <laughs> the thought of it. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty interesting, but also not all gladiators were men. Mm-hmm. I did. I did hear that. There yeah. was, there's some, uh, women that were gladiators and, uh, would fight uh, usually one-on-one pretty well. Um, sometimes the emperor himself would come down and join the fight. Emperor Commodus, who is the one that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is yeah, after. And the gladiator. And the gladiator. Uh, he loved to fight. And so what he would do sometimes is he would, you know, he would stand up on a podium and he would throw a spear at a lion or or he would sometimes take his bow out and shoot a bear. Or sometimes he would even go out into the floor uh, into the pit, and he would, you know, fight people who were wounded or who had wooden swords or like animals who were just about to die. Not Maximus. No, no, he he, he <laughs> get owned, but he did. He was he was actually assassinated later in his life. Yeah, that's how he died. I had read that too. Yeah, and he would fight um, 
like uh, uh, people from the crowd that didn't know how to fight or... I mean, they're always rigged so that he was going to win. Oh, yeah. And and then it, I thought it was funny because in this article, it was saying, too, that he would always make sure that his, the the winnings in on his fights were like super 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 big a million dollars yeah, a million so, yeah. you know coins so, or whatever yeah, so he would he would win in a rigged fight and then he'd just make all this money and and, and yeah. the people loved him because it was they thought he was like so cool yeah whatever <laughs> um another interesting one and this kind of goes towards uh, uh what we we're saying about them being celebrities is that not all gladiators were slaves you know a lot of times we think oh gladiators are just criminals or they're slaves or riffraff or people that just picked up off the street but um it got to the point to where uh it says um lured by the thrills of battle and the roars of the crowd scores of free men voluntarily signed up to join gladiator schools um and basically they did it for the opportunity to win glory and money Hmm. and uh, some of these people were just just uh, mercenaries, freelance warriors. Uh, some of them were ex-soldiers, very skilled at fighting. Uh, but even some of them were like upper-class uh, people in the community, and they just wanted to kind of further their name or whatever their household name. Yeah. Um, and they were just uh, they were just eager to kind of demonstrate that that warrior pedigree is what it said. Well, yeah, become a symbol, right? Uh, but also become desired. You know, wh- one thing I saw too is that that you don't really, you don't really think about. But not all gladiators were killed in battle, so yeah. you can be defeated without being killed. Sometimes they actually had referees that would call off the fight, or uh, you know, in some situations uh, they would actually do the thing where they like hold their hand up and they say yeah, yeah, your yeah, nay, yeah. Uh, whether the person dies or not. But usually, um, they actually did let some people. Uh, well, I can't say usually because I, I didn't do a, a full statistical an- analysis of it, but and there were many occasions where uh, people were defeated, and uh, some of the best ones had several defeats on their record. So, yeah, I think another thing that a lot of people don't know, you know, we see in the movies and stuff like Gladiator that it's this big arena with this sandy bottom arena, and then there's, you know, I think uh, the Coliseum at one point held like fifty thousand people. Um, but there were some uh, gladiator battles that they actually flooded the arena with water, and they brought in. It was so big that they brought in like full size ships, and they had re- battle reenactments with like thousands of gladiators at the same time, with like four or five different ships going and shooting at each other, and boarding ships, and and taking them down. I mean, people dying all over the place. It, it just can you? That would be like an entire day-long thing. I mean, just watching oh, yeah. this battle until, you know, I don't know, maybe one of the ships won or whatever else. But it well, just can you imagine the, not only the craziness to watch that, but the crazy technology that it would take to, like, flood the it, entire Coliseum keep and keep it, you know, keep it watertight and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Well, I actually read that um, the Coliseum, although it, is, it can seat many people, the actual floor is less, it's smaller than the size of a football field. So that one of the things I was reading is said that you know that in one of these water battles there's three thousand men in this battle and they had chips and stuff but it really wasn't in that big of an area it was actually kind of a small area yeah maybe that maybe it was smaller ships or so interesting but wow I mean you're like 
I'm going to drown. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're like, well, geez. Yeah. Well, then imagine when they like. If you're on the losing side of yeah. a historical reenactment battle. <laughs> or or they or they drain the water. And then, I mean, imagine all like the bodies that would like plug the, the drain hole. And you're like, oh, yeah. Because yeah, everybody's dead and stuff like that. Yeah. Fish their bodies out first. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I actually have a, a story about one gladiator. Um, uh, his, his name was uh, Flamas. And um, flame, flamer, yeah, <laughs> flamas. <laughs> and he loved the he loved the ring so much, and he loved the Coliseum so much that he actually rejected um, his freedom. That he was a slave, he rejected his freedom. That uh, some big politicians and stuff were so impressed by his fighting that they offered him his freedom, and he rejected he rejected it not once, not twice, not thrice, but four <laughs> times. What's after thrice? <laughs> Quarto. Quarto. <laughs> I don't know. But he rejected it four times just because of the uh, prestige that came along with it. He was a Syrian soldier and fought in over 33 battles in the Colosseum before he lost his life about the age 30. So. Yeah. Which which probably was decent. I mean, that's a decent life. Well, especially for a gladiator. Yeah, geez. But, uh, yeah. It, his, cool. He was so popular at the time. And this kind of goes back to the celebrity, right? That he uh, and he, he was so well known that his face was actually used on a Roman coin. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. I think I heard something about was he the one that uh, they had like etched into glass that was like even found in like London and, and like later there was one gladiator I was reading about that he he was so famous that he had his face etched in bowls and different glass and stuff like that and they. Th- that product or merchandise was just spread all over the place, even yeah. uh, even not to England. I mean, it might have been this same guy. I mean, if his pu- if his face was on a coin, a Roman coin, then he had to have been kind of a big deal. Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> have you seen the the two pence? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know whatever the coins were. Uh, um, uh, there is a uh, one here that that I was looking at, uh, Priscus versus Verus, uh, and this was kind of a happy ending, but. Uh, in the first century, the poet Mart- Martial tells the tale of two gents uh, who battled as gladiators for hours before simultaneously putting down their weapons and surrendering. Surprisingly, this actually tugged on the old Titus's heartstrings, and he granted both of them their freedom, and the whole crowd went bananas. Nice. So That's a historical kinda, term, bananas. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Smashed them like bananas. Yeah. So um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, uh, I I did a lot of research. Something that fascinated me in, in this research was um, the gladiator schools. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. So there's different types of gladiator techniques, and a lot of these skilled gladiators were skilled in multiple techniques. And so there's you know types of uh, heavily armored gladiators. So just to um, Tell you a couple of the he- different types of heavily armored gladiators. There were there was some, and I'm probably going to butcher all these Latin names. Uh, the scissores, the uh, carvers that had the short sword, the secutores, the slashers and the carvers, the uh, samnites, the large shield, and, and they had a pummeled helmet. Uh, the provocateurs, the challengers, uh, protected by a breastplate. Uh, the Hoplamachi, the armed fighters, the Gallus, heavily armored gladiator. There's a couple of heavily armored ones. Then there's the light 
uh, armored. So this is allows you to be more flexible. Um, the uh, Damacheri gliders with two swords. So uh, I think uh, was it Russell Crowe had two swords at one point. Uh, uh, Thracian the Thrax are curved swords. That's maybe kind of like a Dothraki blade or something <laughs> like that. You know, the Equis horseback and sword gladiator. The Esedari, the war chariot fighters. Uh, those are in that same movie. The Lakeri, the lasso fighters. You don't want to mess with those guys. Um, the Panguinaris, the whip club and shield gladiator. And then there's the net fighters. Can you imagine being a net fighter in a freaking battle with a, someone on a horse and a sword? Well, if you throw a net at them and they get all tangled up. And then there's the Velites, the fought in groups with spears. So there's so many different types of arms, types of armor, types of, you know, when I say arms, I mean weapons. Uh, and and to just mix and match. And what they would do actually is they would classify different gladiators at different grades. And then they would uh, basically, they would most of the time match you up with someone who was comparable because they didn't want you just to come out and just absolutely get slaughtered right off the bat. It's not entertaining. So they would match you up with someone in a similar class or, or grade as you so that you could uh, work up from there. Yeah. When I was reading somewhere that, I mean, yeah, they wanted to see the blood and the guts and the gore, the gore and everything, but uh, sometimes it wasn't advantageous for one person to die. Because uh, these slaves were expensive, expensive yeah. and they were very, uh, I mean, basically they had years of training, some of them, and instead of just having your gladiator go out there and just be slaughtered and decapitated or whatever else, then they will fight until, you know, one is rendered not able to fight anymore, whatever else, and it didn't happen all the time, but it happened sometimes probably with you know, very valuable people or whatever else it may be. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting. You kind of think gladiators, oh, it's just to the death. Always, yeah. but not always. No, not always. Definitely not. Why don't you share another story of your gladiator? Then I'll talk about the animals in the ring. Okay. Um, well, uh, let's see. Um, one that I thought was, uh, was kind of interesting was... Um, Actually, this is one thing that they had talked about, and this is kind of a side note, but the you know the hand gestures like the the, the hands up and thumbs up and thumbs down gestures. Mm-hmm. Well, what we know today of those gestures is like uh, you know thumbs up they live, thumbs down they die. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually like it was actually kind of backwards with what it was. There was actually different um, hand symbols that whoever was was, I guess presiding over the yeah, <laughs> over the, the slaughter over the slaughter at the time you know whether it be the emperor or, or the leading politician or whoever it was uh was able to give and I, I didn't actually they kind of explained a couple of them but they were kind of weird it was like the one to die was like you know uh, or the one to live was like two fingers up kind of like a peace sign in a certain direction and uh, it, it's just kind of saying that the the thumbs up thumbs down that we know today is kind of almost it's someone dramatized or dramatized from uh or that maybe it was even reversed that i I read that thumbs down might have actually been like don't kill them yeah and then thumbs up would be like kill them you know and so they would also the crowd would also be chanting you know kill them or whatever that that was one thing too is that it that it, it didn't always go to whoever was presiding over the 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 um the coliseum at the time a lot of it was up to the crowd and however however loud the crowd chanted or whatever else, 
the the gladiator would sometimes just do what the crowd says they wanted them to do. Um, you know what I wish I would have looked up? How much a ticket to get into one of these things was? How much it cost to get in? I don't know. I was reading somewhere that it was saying a lot of times they would, the the emperor would just have these games um, for kind of morale and that there really wouldn't be any entrance Cost of fee entry, really. Because what they were trying to do is they're trying to get everybody's mind off of like what was actually going on all <laughs> yeah. around them. Yeah. And so I, I know that you, that you, ha- you did sit in like your classes. Uh, it was very uh, class based system as far. It wasn't like first come first serve uh, to a certain extent. I don't <laughs> yeah. think, I think the poor people got the nosebleeds and the, if you could prove you're <laughs> rich then you got maybe a little bit better seats, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so one of the parts that really fascinated me with this whole thing are a group of uh, soldiers, a group of uh, uh, gladiators. You could, they call, they're called the bestiari, uh, and those are those gladiators who would fight against animals, uh, and they would fight against all kinds of stuff: deer, ostriches, lions, crocodiles, bears, even How do you elephants. Fight a deer. Well, if it's got antlers and it's charging you, I guess that's true. But I can't imagine a deer would be very rabid. You know, I can't. I, I, just, I can just think of a deer like running around and just hopping into the stand and just going through, yeah. <laughs> running through. Maybe the stands. they like. Maybe they like crack them out or something before, so they're just like crazy. Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. Um, so or the lions are like starve them before. Or they're they during the rut. Or maybe it's during the rut. Yeah, maybe they get a big elk in there during the rut. You don't want to mess with that. Yeah, big old moose. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was interesting because a lot of the ones that would fight these were sometimes war criminals or condemned people who had virtually no chance to survive anyway. Uh, and at one ceremony that they had, it was like a hundred day ceremony. So they must've been trying to distract hardcore from what was going on in the government. Uh, there were 9,000 animals slain. Um, there that would was be so expensive. There was, yeah. I mean, you think about, how many species of animals like they totally wiped out, you know, or like there are several species that don't even exist anymore because they just got wiped out. And then, you know, there are certain animals in certain areas of the world over there that don't exist anymore in that area because they were used up. Um, I was, I was watching uh, or I was reading an article on one guy where he was in the arena and uh, they were going to have a wild boar come out and kill him. Uh, But the wild boar ended up, hurting the person that was opening the cage and so they just killed the wild boar before it even got out and so like okay well let's get a bear to come out and the bear wouldn't come out of the cage so they just killed the bear in the cage uh and then they're like okay well let's send a leopard out and they sent a leopard out and he got torn to shreds so they would just open they would just had tons of animals i mean can you imagine the logistics of getting nine thousand animals over 100 days into an arena you know keeping them all fed and keeping them all i mean i guess you had you need to feed them keep them hungry yeah but 100 days i mean yeah, exactly. You'd have to feed something. Yeah, and uh, so then there's uh, one particular gory fight uh, with an elephant that took on an enraged rhinoceros. I know you, you said you looked at this one too, but the I elephant was interesting. It says it wasn't a person fighting an uh, yeah an it animal. It was animal animals. versus animal. And you see this kind of in the Wild West too. Like uh, one time I went to this place called Silver City. It's outside of uh, Reno, Nevada. It's about an hour south of Reno, Nevada old mining town and they would have like they had all these posters on the wall in some of the old shops you could walk through it's like a museum and it says like a bobcat versus a grizzly bear you know come check out the the fight and i'm like 
that would actually be kind of cool to see, you know? And, uh, yeah. that, so that's basically, you know, what they were doing here. And the elephant picked up a spear with its trunk and he used it to gouge out the eyes of the rhino. I mean, those the dudes have, are pretty smart. They have big brains. Yeah. Our other brains are like bigger than our entire bodies. So, I mean, they're <laughs> I pretty wicked that, smart. I'm surprised they can't talk. Um, but uh, so these animals were like really wild. I mean, apparently one lion killed over 200 men finally before being taken down. Another time, 18 elephants stormed the crowd trying to escape. And after this, <laughs> they they set up a, a trench uh, or, or in, inside the, the pit to separate the stage from the fans. You know, so maybe someone who was front row that time is like, oh, I got courtside. And an elephant comes trouncing through. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. I, got court- I finally got good seats this time. Yeah, good night. Um, yeah, I, and I had heard, too, there was particularly some uh, leaders, emperors, or whatever it may be, that were particularly brutal. And if sometimes they would just pick, like, a person out of the crowd and just bring them down and be like, fight. Yeah. Like just randomly. And so I wouldn't be wanting to go to the games if that was <laughs> no, a No, but it was just like I mean out of and I, I think the story I read specifically was about this one guy who was like he was like heckling or something like that and the emperor could hear him kind of off in the distance and he didn't like that and so he was just like you get down go there. fight. <laughs> You're like, "Oh, no." Yeah. I, so I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. So there's this other one it says during just one festival in 2040 AD a staggering 2,000 gladiators, 70 lions, 40 wild horses, 30 elephants, 30 leopards, 20 wild asses. And 19, Those are the crazy ones. 19 giraffes, 11 antelopes, 10 hyenas, 10 tigers, one hippopotamus, one rhinoceros were killed. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god. Is gosh. that in one battle? That was in one big long festival. So they had, the, festival, they had these like okay, 100 day, so. 120 day yeah. festivals. And that was in one festival. 2,000 people and all those different animals. Can you imagine fighting a, a like a giraffe? Or, but the thing is, is that it was almost like, look how powerful our empire is. We bring these animals in from far flung locations and, and uh, so have you talk, a battle in our arena. Yeah, you talked about logistics. You know, what would they do with all of that? rotting flesh i mean from the people and then as well as the animals oh yeah i mean you think that i mean they don't i mean how would they they put it in carts and take them out into the 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 mountains or something and just dump them i mean or they burn them or i mean how would you just the 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 sanitation factor of that i mean i don't know if they were so i think the romans were pretty worried about sanitation i mean i think they had they had different things and like sewers and stuff I mean, I'm sure they they had take off all the bodies. Otherwise, the whole place would begin to stink like crazy after a few days. Um, there was one. So some of these guys that would. There was one story of a guy who did not want to uh, to to go into the arena against some some of these beasts. He was a German prisoner, and uh, back then they when they had in their latrines they had public latrines and they basically had a stick with a sponge on the end of it, and that's what you would wipe with. And so uh, he took that sponge and he shoved it down his throat and choked and he killed himself so he wouldn't have to go into the arena. <laughs> I, I was like, I think my chances are better than the arena. Would yeah. <laughs> well, you rather get your torn to shreds by a bobcat or a, a wild hippopotamus or would you rather choke to death on a, sponge, a poop stick? A poop stick sponge, yeah. So kind of wild. Yeah, dang. 
it I guess kind of a testament how brutal it was, you know. Oh yeah, you guys were so sure. afraid to jump in to do that that they. And there was another story about a group of like thirty guys, uh, and they all strangled. They strangled each other, and they ended up killing the whole group. Killed themselves uh, so they wouldn't have to go out against these animals. Yeah, uh, just a crazy time, you know. And, and what's really interesting too is that um, there's like there's records. Like, we have records from this stuff. I mean, a lot of these things that were happening are, 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 you know, 100 B.C. or even earlier or whatever it may be, um, or, or, you know, thousands of years ago. But we still have records of, you know, and some of them are pretty detailed records of things Yeah, like of all these animals that died. That was in 240 A.D. That was a long time ago, man. Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of, it's just crazy that how we are able to look back at history and the records that they kept and we're able to see that. Yeah. So, uh, kind of lastly, I have a, uh, a story. Uh, it's a pretty well known story. Uh, it's a little bit longer, but, um, there's, there are so many aspects to the story that uh, I'm going to try to do it justice. Uh, but this basically is the story of one of the most famous gladiators, Spartacus. Right. I think we had a cat named Spartacus. Was he from, uh, like, was he from Sparta? No, he was not. No. And you ignored my, uh, my, uh, I don't know. We, we had so many cats, man. They were just, <laughs> we had Maximus, we had a Spartacus, we had a, come on left and right, Gluteus, we had a, <laughs> <laughs> he was a good cat. <laughs> um, so, uh, Spartacus, and this is kind of how he ended up leading what we know today as the, the, uh, gladiator rebellion. Um, this was actually significantly before some of these battles and things that we were talking about, but it, it's it's a really cool story. So Spartacus was actually a, a, a Thracian a gladiator who led uh, a slave revolt that numbered in the uh, tens of thousands of people that were following him. So he defeated the Romans and their armies, different portions of their armies over half a dozen times and he did this all while marching his people up and down the Italian peninsula is kind of where this all took place so according to sources and there's not there's actually this being BC there's actually still quite detailed records about some of the things that happened um, especially names in in specific battles but uh, Spartacus was from Thrace Thrace and which is in the, the southeastern part of uh, where the Romans were at that specific time. And so they Rome had actually taken over Thrace at this time and was kind of subjugating some of their people. And Spartacus ended up serving in a Roman auxiliary army force at the time. And he actually deserted and became a, a bandit and an insurgent, insurgent against the Roman army just because of the way the things that they did and how they treated his people. So at some point he was captured by the Romans and he was sold as a slave to a guy named Vatia. And this man, Vatia, he owned one of these gladiator schools that you were talking about in Capua. And it was it's about, it says about 120 miles southeast of where Rome currently I was going to say it was at that time, but I guess it's Rome is in the same spot today as it was back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically we're on the southern peninsula. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So the southern peninsula of Italy. 
So while he was at this uh, gladiator school, he uh, was training and he was a slave, obviously, but he had some different battles and I'm not exactly sure how long he was there for, but he organized and orchestrated a rebellion at the gladiator school and they, him and 70 other gladiators uh, took knives and forks and cleavers and things from the kitchens and they escaped from from this gladiator school and they ended up roaming the the countryside at that time and they were just being very advantageous they were just opportunistically taking stuff whenever whenever they could so him and this this small band of gladiators who obviously they're kind of fight hardened people at this time i mean most of them were soldiers and then a lot of them have been you know expertly trained in fighting tactics at this gladiator school because that's what they were that was their job potentially for years for people that were there yeah so so you have a band of marauders <clears throat> or like vikings roaming the countryside yeah and so as they would go throughout the farmlands and mostly the countryside they would attack these major farms that had lots of slaves and they would liberate the slaves and then say hey come join our cause and so they would just go and go and go and they were just collecting more and more slaves and some gladiators and Spartacus had a couple of of leaders that were kind of along this with him at one point the the whole Spartacus and his army got to be around 40,000 people <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because Rome at that time was well, I think Roman general, to a certain extent, was they were just, oh, we're better than everybody else. We're, you know, oh, this little thing. So Rome kind of was actually in, like, the government. They were just ignoring what was going on, this rebellion. They were just like, man, whatever. And they ended up sending this guy named Gaius Claudius Glaber. He's a pencil pusher. Yeah, so he was a praetor. So he was kind of a leader of a oh, faction yeah. of um, of Roman soldiers but this, these weren't normal Roman soldiers. These were regular citizens that they could just like, just kind of like say, oh, every, every, everybody come together. Everybody that can fight, come come with me, you know? And it wasn't, so it wasn't like career men. And so he kind of got all these people, this, this ad hoc army together and went to attack Spartacus under the direction of, of Rome. But they obviously... Rome didn't think that Spartacus and his soldiers were a worthy opponent, and so they sent this kind of this bum out with this bum army to Quell to, the to, yeah, to take care of Spartacus. But they ended up going, and Spartacus and his army they were headed towards Mount Vesuvius. So, but this was like before Mount Vesuvius erupted, and the whole mountain itself is that in Pompeii. Yeah. Okay. So Mount Vesuvius is before it erupted, it was very, very uh, good fertile land with tons of farms and everything else. And so they kind of took their refuge there. But there was only one way to get to where they were going. And this Glaber commander and his uh, his merry band, yeah, merry, merry, merry band of gentlemen, right? They didn't want to fight Spartacus and his army. So they just kind of like pitched all their tents right in in the middle of the road so that they couldn't escape. And they were just like, oh, we're just going to... Because he, he had the numbers. He had enough people to kind of... I don't think Spartacus's army was as as big at this point yet. And so the Roman general or, general or commander had uh, the numbers, and so he just kind of parked out and sat there. They couldn't get past, and he said, oh, we're just going to starve out Spartacus and, and his guys. 
Well, they didn't want to come face him straight on because they were at Spartacus and his people were at a disadvantage. And so what they did was they created um, ropes out of a lot of the vines that used to grow around that area. And they climbed down the cliffs on either sides and were able to surround the that guy and the Roman soldiers uh, at that time and his army. And so they surrounded them. They came in. They started slaughtering them, and then all they just disbanded, and they just everybody just ran. And that was kind of like their first big victory. Uh, and that success actually it resulted in like an influx of people coming into Spartacus's army. Now it wasn't only just people that were slaves, but it was also people that were free men, but just were kind of country folk, I guess. People that were opposed to Roman taxes and Roman law or whatever else. It said uh, herdsmen and, and shepherds from all the surrounding regions, a lot of these hard-bodied and swift-footed men. <laughs> came to join the ranks. Sounds like us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hard bodied and swift footed. You don't want to be soft bodied. No. And and, and, and slow footed. Slow yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a recipe <laughs> for disaster. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Spartacus and his his rebellion started getting bigger and bigger. And so Rome was like, oh, all right, so we'll send two other guys. They each had command over their own armies of ten thousand plus troops each. They went to uh, into to battle against Spartacus and his forty thousand troops at this time, and they didn't fare very well either. At this time, I mean, Spartacus was just riding the wave. They couldn't stop him. He would always stick to kind of these areas that the Roman Empire. It was in the Roman Empire, but it really it was hard to get to, and they couldn't gather enough men and march to this one area. They would move before they got there, and so he he was pretty quick thinker. I mean, he he, he was a good. Tactician, yeah, for, tactician, and had a good strategy as yeah. well. Um, I mean, he had been in the in, in the military itself. But uh, one of the things that these two generals they did not count on with Spartacus is that he had built a sizable cavalry um, in in his army of uh, cavalry, cav- cavalry, not cavalry, cavalry. <laughs> and I guess Thracians were known to be very good horsemen. And they would catch these wild horses, and they would train them, and then they would use them for cavalry. They went down, and they were trying to... Spartacus was trying to get his armies over to the island of Sicily, where there was like another 30,000 slaves that were... Primed that to be could, set three. That could join The breaker his, of yeah. chains. So he, yeah, so he <laughs> went down to the, the Strait of Messina, and they didn't have any boats or anything. And so they got there, and there was these pirates that said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll help you guys get across. We'll help you guys get across. And so they paid him a bunch of money, and, and they were just about to, before they got ready to go, all of a sudden the pirates just packed up their stuff and left. And Spartacus was like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? And I guess the, the Romans had talked to the pirates, and they had Romans had paid off the pirates so that they wouldn't help Spartacus and so they could get across. Oh, man. And so Spartacus was like, Okay, all right, well, we'll build our own ships. And so he commanded his guys to build ships, but they never made it across. They just, <laughs> it, was, it was too much, and there's too many people, and they were just like, ah, forget it. So they just all marched north. Oh, jeez. Little did they know that they were going to run into the infamous, the new guy, the new commander that was supposed to quell the rebellion, Crassus, right? That sounds like a, a better name than the guy Darabi or whatever. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> sounds like a guy that can actually make yeah, something Yeah, the other Gilbert or whatever the guy's name <laughs> Yeah. Was. Yeah. So Crassus, this, this, he was a mean dude. Okay. This guy, he was a, a Roman nobleman. He was very, very rich. And he had commanded a legion of, of Roman soldiers 
but he was so rich at the time that he actually purchased, he bought like a bigger army. So he bought mercenaries and everything else with his own money because he wanted to take down Spartacus, who was actually becoming a really bad thorn in the side of Rome at the time. And so Crassus, in his military life, uh, he was he was very ruthless. You know how those other two guys, they each had 10,000? So he ended up taking over their forces. And just to let them know that he was the one in charge, he took both of those forces, what remained of them, and he did this thing basically where he selected every 10th man to be killed, like of his own of the own Roman soldiers, he said every lined them all up. Every tenth man gets killed of the ones that were left over of the ones that were left over from the other guys' armies, just to instill fear in the soldiers that they, you know, that I'm in charge, right? Hmm. I, I, I'm everything. So he sacrificed his own guys just to put fear in the other ones. He also practiced what was called decimation, which is where anyone who ran away for the enemy or anyone who uh, retreated or whatever during battle, they would all get together and there was 10 of them. They would get uh, placed into groups of 10 people and each person would get, there was 10 rocks and one rock had a different color and whoever drew that color, if they're all white rocks or if they're all green rocks and one rock was white, then the person who got the off color rock, the other nine people would beat that person to death. But all of them were deserters? Yeah. Oh. Well, they're lucky that they all didn't get killed. That's what it said for uh, people that were deserters. I don't know if they did that in... Well, it's not as bad as the Russians where it's like, <laughs> if you run, go back, forward, we'll if you run back, we will shoot you. So uh, needless to say, Crassus, his soldiers were a lot more disciplined than the previous three guys that were trying to attempt to kill Spartacus and his guys. So there was a lot of different things that happened and they kind of chased each other around for a while. Crassus chased Spartacus around. At one point he pinned him in an area where they could starve him out. And Spartacus was like, okay, well, let's sign a peace treaty. And Crassus was like, heck no. And they ended up, Spartacus and his army ended up actually getting away from him and getting him around, getting around this blockade that they had, but they lost like thousands and thousands of guys. So the final battle, it was in 71 BC and Spartacus's tactic was basically the Roman soldiers, they had archers and they had, basically they were these uh, like spears. They were like these spears with rockets on them, kind of, that shot out. And Spartacus's plan was to number one, send in the send in the horses, and because they were get there a lot quicker, kill the archers and the spearmen, and then Spartacus would lead in on foot the rest of the soldiers, and their main goal would be to kill Crassus. That was their whole thing. They felt if they cut off the head of the snake, that everything would, would go away. But Crassus, uh, he kind of saw this coming and he, he strategized against it. And he dug these massive trenches across the front of the field and in front of his, uh, his archers and, and these spearmen. And so the horses could not get to them. And so they were able to completely repel the horses uh, in in the the horseback attack. So Spartacus ended up just saying, screw it. Everybody just, you know, get off your horse and go. And he led him in on foot. It uh, didn't go so well. Uh, Crassus was very prepared, very fortified. 
uh, it went went very poorly for them. And this was the end of Spartacus. So it says that Spartacus saw Crassus, and this is kind of, I guess, record of what was there. I mean, this is the record that's in the history books, but Spartacus saw Crassus and kind of went on a killing spree and killed a bunch of people. It says that he killed two Roman Praetorians, which is like the elite, elite soldiers. He killed two Roman Praetorians before he got to Crassus, but then he was surrounded and Spartacus was killed. And once Spartacus was killed, the whole army just kind of fell apart, and Crassus ended up just chasing the anyone who was left in rebellion around for the next six months and just kind of killed everybody. But it was really interesting what Spartacus said, So, or in one thing that he did before the battle. So whenever he came up to this battle with Crassus, I guess they had they had more horses than they needed because he was going on foot and a lot of his guys were going on foot and then they had the whole horses, uh, the, the cavalry, they were there. So he got off his horse. He said, Spartacus got off his, just before the battle, Spartacus got off of his horse, killed the beast and told the men this. If we won the battle, we would have many fine horses belonging to the enemy. If we lose the battle, then we will have no need for horses. And so it was just interesting. He's like, He's like, yeah, if we win, then we'll have more horses than we could even need. But if we lose, then we're not going to need hor- need our horses. <laughs> it's just kind of interesting. But the whole thing with... Yeah, but you're going to need the horses for the battle itself. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing with Spartacus is that... That's why he had to fight two. That's why he got killed. Probably. Yeah. Is the name. Uh, nobody remembers the name Crassus. Nobody... I mean, if you were to say, what's Pompeii? People are... Most people are not going to know what you're talking about or or Vesuvius, or uh, whatever, Gilbert, or whatever the other guy's name was, Goober. No one's going to remember the Goober, because he was a fail. Yeah, but almost everyone, you say, who was Spartacus? And they'll say, he was a gladiator. No, it's kind of like, you know, a famous outlaw, you know, like Bonnie and Clyde, or Jesse James. You don't remember the people who brought them to justice. You just remember remember them. Remember them, because they were the anomaly. What does it say? What did Babe Ruth say? Remember, kid, heroes get, heroes remembered, get remembered, but legends, legends never, never die. die. Follow your heart, kid. You'll never go wrong. <laughs> so. so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a long story, but it, it it's just really cool how things happen. And I think it all started out with a just cause. I mean, they were all slaves, and it was a slave rebellion that they were uh, basically escaped, created an army, and put up a stink, right? They put up a pretty good fight against the Roman Empire at the time, which was massive. So, so and, on, and, and only getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. The lesson here is don't trust pirates. <laughs> exactly. Because he got hoodwinked by some pirates. Lost a bunch of money. If, they'd, if they would have got, got those 30,000 people, guys, you know, yeah, I mean, they would have almost doubled their forces. But then they would have to get, then they would have had to get back too. So that's even more difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're only I guess depends on how many pirates it was. Yeah, that's true. So it, this has been a cool episode. Yeah, it's a cool episode, an entertaining episode. I think it's cool to kind of look back at how, uh, you know, they would entertain themselves for this. This went on for hundreds of years, you know, uh, and uh, so very interesting and uh, wild, the logistics and, and the magnitude of some of these different gladiator games. And then obviously with this kind of spinoff story with the, Gladiator Rebellion that ended up just being like a, a slave rebellion or something like that. Yeah. So 
Well, cool. Well, uh, you know, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, thanks for listening today, and let's build that creed together. Let's do it.